Our scripture today comes to us from Numbers chapter 11, verses 4 to 6 and 13 to 20. The rabble among them had a strong craving. And the Israelites also wept again and said, If only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we used to eat in Egypt for nothing. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our strength is dried up, and there is nothing at all but this manna to look at. And Moses said, Where am I to get meat to give all these people? For they come weeping to me and say, give us meat to eat. I'm not able to carry all these people alone, for they are too heavy for me. If this is the way you're going to treat me, put me to death at once if I found favor in your sight. Do not let me see my misery. So the Lord said to Moses, Gather for me 70 of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them. Bring them to the tent of meeting and have them take their place there with you. I will come down and talk with you there. And I will take some of the spirit that is on you and put it on them, and they shall bear the burden of the people along with you so that you will not bear it by yourself. And say to the people, consecrate yourself for tomorrow. You shall eat meat, for you have wailed in the hearing of the Lord, saying, if only we had meat to eat. Surely it was better for us in Egypt. Therefore the Lord will give you meat, and you shall eat, and you shall not eat only one day or two days or five days or ten days or twenty days, but for a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you, because you have rejected the Lord who is among you, and have wailed before him, saying, Why did we ever leave Egypt? The word of the Lord. (laughs) Let us pray. By your spirit, O God, may this not just be drama about them, but wholly a drama about us. We pray it in the name of Christ Jesus, the word made flesh. Amen. When the Hebrews left Egypt and began their hard and difficult journey through the wilderness, they brought with them a group of people that the Bible calls the rabble. The rabble were people who were on the journey but did not believe in the journey or the God who called the Hebrews to make it. Their tolerance for discomfort was low. Their capacity for complaint was high. The rabble exists in every congregation, in every school, and every company, and every community, and they are contagious. The text begins, the rabble among them had a strong craving And the Israelites also wept again, saying, if only we had meat, we have nothing but this manna to look at. Now we examined the manna last week. It was God's daily provision in the desert. And I made the point that the most significant part about it to me is the translation of its name, which is, what is it? 
that God nurtured the people day after day with this question, what is it? What is it, God, that you are doing? What is it that you are calling us to do? The whole point of the wilderness journey is to form faith, which means you don't get a lot of answers. You get mostly questions because it's questions that make room for faith to form. But the rabble undermined these questions. They distract us from the important questions like what is God doing today by substituting instead that terrible lament, if only. If only we had meat to eat. If only we were back in Egypt. If only we had something other than these questions along the way in the journey. How many of our own sentences begin with, if only? If only I can get into Princeton Seminary. If only I can get out of Princeton Seminary. <laughs> if only I can get a job. If only I can get into a PhD program. If only I can find someone special. If only we can have children. If only the children will go to college. If only the children will come back and visit. You can, if only, your way all the way into the nursing home where then the lament is, if only I had made different choices. That's the problem with if only. It preoccupies you with either the future or the past, and it blinds you to the present tense, which, remember, is the only place that the manna is found, in the present day without daily taking in the question, what is it that God is doing? What is it that the one who brought me through the waters is about today? Without that question, we are always anxious, never joyful. So the real rabble that you want to worry about is not the people around you in the community, but the rabble that exists within your own heart. because our hearts are filled with conflicting agendas. This is why I have never understood the advice, just trust your heart when you have to make a decision. If, if your heart is like mine, most days there's a bad committee meeting going on in there. <laughs> there are so many conflicting ideas and they're all trying to hijack the agenda. The heart has to be disciplined or the rabble of anxiety will take over. Now one of the more difficult places in which to find present tense contentment and joy is the place of leadership. Up to this point along the way in the journey, Moses has been the model of patient leadership. When the people complained that Pharaoh was chasing them, Moses stretched out his staff over the Red Sea and parted the waters. When the people complained that there was no water in the desert, Moses found water in a rock. When the people complained there was no food in the desert, Moses pointed to the manna. When the people complained that Moses was gone too long on Mount Sinai and decided to make a gold calf to worship, 
Moses interceded on behalf of the people and talked God out of consuming them. And then the first three verses of this 11th chapter of Numbers, the people start to complain again, and this time God can't resist torching at least some of them and would have burned up the whole company if Moses had not interceded another time. But for some reason, when the people got on this meat thing, something in Moses just snapped. In verse 11, he says to God, why have you laid the burden on these people on me? Why have you treated your servants so badly? In verse 12, he asks God, am I their mother? In verse 13, he says, where am I going to find meat for all of these people? In verse 14, he says, I can't keep carrying these people. And in verse 15, he says, why don't you just go ahead and kill me now and get my misery over with? <laughs> this is a leader who has burned out. God responds by saying, look, I'll take care of the meat thing. He has a very interest, God has a very interesting way of doing that. But then God says, I'm actually more concerned about you. Bring to me the elders of the people, and I will take some of the spirit on you and place it upon them, that they may bear the burden of the people with you. When you are in leadership, it is tempting to think that it's your job to get the people to the promised land. But it's actually God's job to get the people, your friends, your family, your community to the promised land. Our job is to hold them in our heart along the way. Now we would prefer this just the other way around. We'd rather let God love the people and we'll keep moving them along. <laughs> but no, the calling is to love the people, even the rabble. As Moses discovered, if you keep asking God to deliver you from leadership of some community, Eventually, God will do it. Moses was not with the people when they crossed the Jordan River, and it didn't make him as happy as he thought it would. Let us pray. Open our hearts, O God, to receive all of the manna of the day even the questions, even the burdens. And deliver us from wasting our life and searching for joy in the future. In the name of Christ Jesus, the bread of heaven, amen.